This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. Every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food in Malaysia, from speaking to chefs and restaurateurs about their restaurants, to exploring the origins of certain dishes, to geeking out over tasty discussions with food friends or experts. On this week's show, we have Chong Chui Yao and Dan Tian Yin, the co-founders of Nom Studio, a tableware and ceramics brand that started just over the pandemic. Nom Studio's products come at a time when Malaysians are cooking a lot more and caring more about the aesthetics of food than ever before. And so, Nom Studio has gone from strength to strength with their good taste in ceramics and a pretty ingenious direct-to-consumer business model. So, without further ado, here's Nom Studio. Hi, Chuyao. Hi, Chenyin. Welcome onto the show. Hi, Jun. Thanks for inviting us today. No, thank you for taking the time. Just as an introduction to those who haven't heard of uh, Norm Studio before, um, can you tell us, give us a brief introduction to your brand? Um, okay, so let me start first. Um, so we are both called CY and we are the co-founders of Norm Studio. But essentially, we are just two best friends that is obsessed with beautiful tableware. And we embark on a journey to create and curate timeless and beautiful tableware to help tell that story. One beautiful speckled plate ceramic uh, at a time. Mm, yeah, and, and your pieces are all really beautiful. And I've looked through like your product list and I even have some of uh, your, your <laughs> oh, plates and, you. yeah. and they're beautiful. And yeah, but let's go back to the beginning. Like how did the idea for Norm Studio start? So I think just to give a bit of context and background of both of us. So uh, I'm Tri Yao. I'm actually a practicing lawyer. Um, so Chen Yin is uh, involved in food tech and e-commerce. So uh, for both of us, we have actually known each other for about uh, 10 years now, since college days. And we are both like huge foodies then and are always on the hunt for like, you know, the best food from the best pasta to the best dessert in town. And um, we went to UK for further studies. And, you know, like instead of studying hard, we were more focused on like, you know, our planning for holidays during the term breaks, uh, whenever it's spring or like autumn or winter, then we'll go on a, uh, a holiday together. So uh, to, to explain a bit of why uh, we, we love like tablewares or how this idea come about is that, you know, whether it's, uh, it's a summer holiday uh, where we go to Capri uh, to eat the tiramisu or like enjoying Tajin in Marrakesh, it was all, the experience were all elevated by the use of like, you know, simple yet beautiful tablewares, which we find um, they are pretty abandoned in um, those countries. But when we come back to Malaysia, especially uh, during, you know, the MCO meet, last year i think yeah we we found out that um you know food photography has become a trend especially during the lockdown period when people you know started venturing into cooking and dining at home so then we mm. realized that you know that is the new norm like our norm <laughs> mm. yeah yeah and you guys started your brand right 
as the MCO hit, right? I think we started after. So we only launched in July last year. Ah, I see. So um, kind of in between the second lockdown in a way. I think it was May that people are allowed to go and dine out for for a bit. And then everyone is kind of forced to stay in again um, when, when the cases spike. So yeah, we started around in July last year. Mm, and so, so you know, taking all those inspirations from, I guess, your travels uh, in in Europe, well, before the pandemic, and also like coming back and and like you said, like seeing food photography like be- becoming a bigger thing. How did you then connect the two and say like, oh, let's start a tableware brand? So I guess how it it started is that um, you know we are both uh, best friends then or and now and. Um, during the lockdown period, uh, we got nothing better to do. Of course, we are on a hunt for food. And like, um, also, you know, like, uh, see why uh, Yin has been sending me a lot of like tablewares. So we then realized that there was a huge gap in the market for aesthetic yet affordable tableware. And we really wanted to bring this joy to the people, uh, to, to the homes of the people we love. You know, like after all, all the memories, they are all created over a meal that we prepared for the people that really matter. But... God forbid we serve this food on like, you know, those mismatched free plates with floral motifs <laughs> from the, the, you know, like Dali's purchase. You know, like when we when uh, we get the Dali, then we'll get the free plate. So we, we want to like um, kind of transform this, this picture. And this is how we actually come up with the idea of Norm Studio. We want to serve the food um, ecstatically. Mm. Yeah. I think just allow me, me to jump in here. I think it was early in April or May where we wanted to plate food and all we could find at home are the flowery blue checkered plates that we have from our parents' uh, daily purchase, like what Chiao has mentioned. <laughs> and it really struck us like, why do we not have affordable um, tableware for people like us who you know can't spend a hundred ringgit on uh, handmade tableware, which definitely justify it because it's handmade, but not everyone could afford it. So... Um, early in May, we started to outsource and we started to source for ceramic suppliers overseas um, who can produce handmade plates but at an affordable price. So we worked on it for about two months and we just pivoted and launched the product in July even though our website sucks, even <laughs> though we do not have yeah. the nicest designs, everything. But we just thought like we want to help people stop using dowry plates. Like, that's, that's just about it. <laughs> you, you know, like, so the, yeah. the, the bright sunflower with the blue checkered, if you, yeah. could, if you could remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so we just want to, like, you know, change the picture a little bit. Mm. Yeah, so that's how um, a right, bit of right. the story. Yeah, you're right in mentioning that, you know, in the past, I guess in the past few years, in the past decade even, there's been, like, a rise of food aesthetics, right? Whether it's like photography or even like local ceramic makers, like I guess like people like Bendang Studio and even like Bankita. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They are really getting their ceramics out there. But your model is, your, your business model is actually very different from theirs. And, and my essay is a very smart model. And you alluded to that earlier in saying that, you know, you outsource all these plates from um, overseas. So how did that process begin like how did you find these uh, ceramic manufacturers or, or ceramic makers uh, overseas as, as opposed to local ones yeah so our main aim um, and, and our vision is to help your craft memories and everyone 
one plate at a time. And that also means that we need to make sure that our tableware stays affordable mm. to the mass market and not just catering to, say, the top 20 percentile of the Malaysian population. So um, I would say that a while back, about eight years ago, me and Treyao actually started a clothing wear company together before we started university. And we actually traveled to a lot of different countries like Thailand and etc. and worked with a lot of suppliers. So during this pandemic, um, when we want to first start, we basically just reach out to these suppliers and um, basically make good connections with them and ask them if they would know anyone who could lead us to a very good quality ceramic suppliers. And I think one thing lead to another, we found ourselves um, being acquainted with very, very good suppliers and partners who are mostly from, I would say, marginalized communities. So about 70% of them are women. They are usually in smaller villages. And we decided that those are the suppliers and partners and potteries that we truly want to work with. And the bonus thing is um, with this kind of, I would say, direct-to-consumer business model, it allows us to scale really fast. So we do not own a single factory. We do not own a single pottery. Um, but it allowed us to kind of push out our designed product in as little as about three to four months. Um, and I think that truly helped scale the business because we're able to kind of like pivot and um, know what the consumer wants. We talk to the suppliers, everything is done online and we design and we push that out again in about three to four months time. So I would say that that is kind of how we started. Um, and I would say that Earlier start, we started to kind of source products like not our design, but basically we find designs that suit our vision, our branding, very simple, very basic. Uh, and then later on, we decide to design a little bit more. So right now, it is a mix of sourcing from ceramics uh, suppliers with the existing design and also curate, creating our own design and producing it to the market. Mm. Right, yeah, that I, I think that's that's like really smart of you guys to you know engage all these uh, uh, ceramic makers from overseas and work with them so closely to get this product uh, to Malaysia. And and yeah, I, I didn't know that you guys had uh, some like some of your products were self designed as well. That's really impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I, I think I think um along the journey, you know, we we kind of like observe the the consumers purchase pattern, and we know that um what is the the demand out there, and we know uh we kind of try to gauge like what customer actually want. So from there, we actually um slowly we we slowly come up with the design that we we think that our audience or like our customer or at least our regulars will actually like. Mm. And also, I think I think just to add a bit on what um. Uh, Chenin had shared earlier. So the the num the the people that we are actually working for, throughout the years we we have worked with so many of them, and I would say that um you know the flexibility actually, uh also means a world of opportunities, the agile production manner, and also the lower cost and more control of our production line. Yeah, I think one last thing for me, if you don't mind me just sharing, um because of my background from food tech we are able to basically tie in data with tableware, which is essentially not really being done currently in Malaysia. We are able to look at the consumer pattern, the, the buying purchase behavior, everything from 
I don't know, the, the click-through rate of, of a product, everything from the method of checkout, how often they stay on the page, etc. We're able to compile everything of those, all this data, into making very informed decision on what product, what design would work well. So we basically do not waste a lot. Um, our cost is very lean, and that's how we keep our costings and our pricing very affordable for everyone. Before we continue our conversation, we are going to take a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. Let's pick up where we left off. I've been speaking to Choi Yao and Chen Yin from Norm Studio, a tableware and ceramics brand in Malaysia. We've been talking about their business model, but now we're turning our focus to some consumer trends and insights they've learned since starting their brand. Can you share a few examples um, of, let's say, like a trend that you've found in the past year, like a consumer trend that you've kind of captured and how you then built that up? Um, consumer trend-wise, I would I say would that... Say it's minimalist, yet versatile. Basically, what, what, what we found out about our consumer is that, you know, our consumer love basics, but it's not the, the, the just the basic, you know, like just white or like just, just cream colour. They, they, uh, they want it simple, but uh, with an edge or lots of like, you know, like the creamy whites or like some speckles, you know, like essentially uh, it's on the basis of timeless where you can use it for, you know, 10 years down the road, but people will still feel like it's still very nice. It's still, uh, you can pass on to like the generation, the next generation. Yeah. Mm, right, right. So, so would you say like right now the trend is towards more like minimalist, maybe even like Scandinavian sort of design, <laughs> right? Yes, I, w- I would say so. Mm. Yeah, and I think another major kind of a trend that we see is very straight edge plate. So I think people really miss going out to dine. Um, so they really miss cafe hunting and etc. And so the straight edge plate that is prevalent in all the cafes that really shouts out is a brunch or is a lunch is something that a lot of people are looking for. Mm. So we started to bring more of those in. Um, we started to create more of those. Yeah, right, and right. On the trend. Ah, and and straight edge plates me, me like the one with like a really flat base, and then at the sides they're like yeah, uh, and a ninety degree some angle. elevation, yeah, 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 yeah. Some, right, the sides, right. yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been seeing a lot more of that as well, and I must also say like you know there's been also in in I guess in the past few years there's also with the rise of like online shopping like Taobao, Shopee, Lazada, we've also seen a lot more access to these like cheap and seemingly nice looking ceramics, right? Although a lot of them can be, I guess, like knockoffs or like OEM products. Um, but for you, have, have you tried those products and how do you tell apart the quality of a certain like ceramic plate, let's say? Yeah, I think in terms of quality, um, you can definitely tell it apart. There would be time where you would really have found a gem where you pay really low price for a China-made product or a Taobao mass-produced product, and its quality is good. But more often than not, um, you would observe from the color, um, the uh, the quality of it, whether or not it can withstand 
uh, I don't know, the dishwasher, a lot of loads of washing in dishwasher, whether or not it can withstand being in oven, yeah, whether it will crack. Mm. I think this is where you can see the, the major difference between our tableware and the rest. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's why we only uh, launch uh, each collection uh, at least three months after the, the previous collection because uh, in between the process, we actually like... Uh, go through the R&D process and we make sure that the quality is on par and and we make sure that, you know, there are no such thing as like cracking or like, you know, not microwave or oven safe. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I can see that there's, you know, a lot of like R&D and a lot of like thought that goes into it, especially with like the data that, that you get. And that's like a really, really impressive uh, system that you have. Talking about more current uh, issues, I guess the past year, past year and a half, maybe even two years, we've been all like affected by the pandemic, right? And you guys having started a brand in the middle of the pandemic, how, how has that been? And, and how has your business changed since, uh, since you started? Mm, oh, with the countless times of MCO and like, you know, <laughs> I've lost count of the announcement that our government have made. So I uh-huh. think, um, I think one, uh, one thing that is tough is that, um, you know, the logistics where there are constant chain in, constant change in MCO and the new rules or whether or not, you know, uh, our our studio can actually operate and the number of staffs that that, that can actually come into work. Uh, so I think it's um, tough to make decision between the, you know, whether or not your, the safety of our team member is more important or like to just to make sure that our orders are out. So I think that's a bit of struggle there to make sure that we have the balance of both, to make sure that, you know, our team member are actually safe coming in and also to make sure that our orders are all out to the customer on time. And also, um, I think another uh, very challenging thing uh, we both actually resonate a lot with is, you know, it's very mentally challenging, especially, you know, like we are working with things and people that we love, you know, like food, uh, cafes, restaurants, uh, so we actually work with a lot of, you know, like the restaurants and cafe in the region, for example, Tokyo Restaurant, uh, Bray Bakery, Copenhagen Coffee, or like Simple Cafe in Singapore. But, you know, like when we talk about all these, these are just the success stories that we actually have. But uh, we, we know for a fact that behind all these are all the countless food businesses that we love that have been forced to like close down or can't even open at all because of the whole pandemic. And, and we also um, noticed the effect on the restaurant industry has really been particularly dramatic. You know, like with the restaurants and pubs, they are even closed for sit-down service and and um, they are struggling to keep their heads above water. Mm. Yeah, it's very personal to us to see, to see their dreams being crushed. It is quite personal to us because we both have dined in so many restaurants and, and seeing the restaurants closing down like that... Um, it's a bit upset. Yeah, it's actually really heartbreaking. Like I've been speaking to a lot of like my industry friends as well and a lot of them have, have faced so much difficulty over like such a long period of time. It's it's really, really tough out there. And, and yeah, I can't imagine what it's like to be like a restaurant owner during this time. So I guess with that in mind, like have you guys shifted more from B2B to B2C then? Um, like- I wouldn't say we shifted a lot. I would say that we are essentially about 50-50. So 50% of our, our revenue comes from B2B, 50% come from B2C. So although there are a lot of um, failures, like sadly, the businesses that we work with that couldn't go on with the order, um, but there are a lot of businesses who are very smart with their costing, very agile, and 
I would say in a way lucky to be able to keep it going. Um, we, we still continue with that. And uh, how does it actually change our business? Um, in terms of our customer split, it really does not change a lot. Um, I think we're, we're quite happy with that. And in terms of the business, the sales-wise, to be honest, it really escalated our business. So about one-on-one, on one, our revenue go, say, about average 70%. We are reaching about six figures monthly sales in the bid. Um, we, we managed to do a lot of great things, but we know that it, was, it wasn't just us and it was the help of a lot of people. It was the help of businesses that supported us. So even though we got a lot, um, we always make it a point to give back. So we make it a constant thing to donate food because we're all about norm, right? We need to make sure that even though people have pretty tableware, they need to have actual food to norm at. Mm. So every, I would say every month, we give a pretty big amount to orphanage, um, to old folks home, etc. We support a lot of local businesses when we donate. Um, yeah, just to make sure that it is a circle of food community going on. There. Yeah, yeah. Props to you for that. And yeah, I'm glad to hear that you guys have found a business model that has worked so well for you guys and, and especially over the pandemic. Yeah, you guys have really done done well for yourself. And I guess speaking of the future, um, where do you see yourself in like, Wait, that, that feels very like business interview. Like. <laughs> it's a very business interview. What's your five, five years plan? Yeah, yeah, no, but, but yeah, I guess like what are your plans for, for Norm Studio? Oh, what's your plan? Oh. I think when all these are over, you know, like all the pandemic, things are better or, or when the rules are more relaxed, we both really, really want to open a showroom soon mm. uh, you know where people can actually just drop by to have a snack with us played by norm and you know like just just to have a chat with our customer because honestly we really really love our customers and we really love how customer you know like uh, on day-to-day basis they will really like just share the pictures across and you know like they just told us you know this really have elevated my morning i think it, if we have a showroom it will be good for us to like, you know, uh, to build relationship to at least know our customer instead of just a uh, mm. buyer and seller. Right. Mm. And and do you guys plan to at any point like make your your own ceramics like on your own or, or like have like a factory in oh. Malaysia? <laughs> um, actually in Malaysia, yes. The part where we make our own, no, because we absolutely <laughs> suck at it. We try going to, like, we, we do try making, but we are yeah. just, let's just say that we are better at running a business than actually making. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we definitely are going to look into having a production in Malaysia, but we want to make sure that our vision still aligns. So it would be, I guess, the hardest part in the next couple of months or years to come would be to devise a very lean production method that is still able to pay a very fair or above average amount to all our team members. At the same time, keep the selling price of our tableware affordable for the mass market. So that would be our main challenge in the future. Um, Mm. But uh, yeah, our main is definitely to open a showroom and we hope that everyone can be plated by norm, um, you know, full of Southeast Asia. Mm, if you're being wow. audacious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, I, I wish you I wish you all the success with that. And when you guys have your showroom, I'll I'll definitely come and visit. Um uh, <laughs> we'll You'll definitely be on our guest list. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I guess for for those who are who have been listening to to our conversation here and uh, who are wondering like where can I get all these like nice tableware, all these nice ceramics, where can people find you? Yeah, so um, allow us to do a little bit of uh, self-promotion here. So you can actually find us on www.normstudio.co, so .co. You can also find us on Instagram, normstudio.my. So we'll see you there. I think also just to add a bit, if you want to actually take a look at our products offline, you could also uh, spot them potentially at the places um, like, you know, because we work with the businesses. So Copenhagen Coffee, Bray Bakery, or even VCR. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good one. If you see like plates that restaurants are using that you like, they, yeah. they might be from uh, Norm Studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wish you all the success in, in the coming months and years. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Thanks for having us, June. Thanks, June. that is all for this week's show to listen to more episodes you can find us on itunes spotify or on the bfm app and if you're hungry for more food news and fun recipes you can keep up to date with me on instagram i'm at jun and tonic that's j-u-n dot a-n-d dot t-o-n-i-c this is jun signing off you've been listening to breaking bread on bfm 89.9 Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.